When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rich Eisen Show. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it. Taylor Jones! The Jags are going to win it! From 33 down, they beat the Indianapolis Colts. The Rich Eisen Show. Probably the most insane ending I think I've ever been a part of. Today's guests, NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on the Roku channel. This terrestrial radio station smart enough to have a Sirius XM Odyssey and so much more. We say hello to our podcast listeners. We're listening whenever they've done well. Please, we're saying hello to anybody who might be watching us on the Roku channel after we've been off the air because in Channel 210, we re-air all the time. There's also the video on demand service, part of our relationship with Roku. We say hello to everyone out there, including my three guys who are here in studio wearing the kit of World Cup champion Argentina. Good to see you, Christopher Messi Brockman. What's going on? What's up, brother? DJ Mikey D is in D's Nuts is in his spot. Good to see you, man. How are you, sir? Good to see you. Get the microphone in front of your face. Hello, DJ Jefferson. What's going on over there? I mean, we're in the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's true. That's one way to say it. That's right. Good Good to see you over there. The candle is lit. The candle is lit. Great job this weekend, bro. Thank you. Greatly appreciate that. And uh, we're going to have a great three hours. It's one of those days where we could do six, to be very honest with you. Um, And uh, the candle might have been lit over there, TJ, by the weekend's sporting uh, affairs that we just saw. I am fortunate to do what I do for a living and have been doing so on a national scale ever since ESPN knocked on my door when I was a a, uh, a Redding, California uh, nighttime sportscaster for the local ABC affiliate in 1996. I'm fortunate to do this for a living over and over and over again and thankful that you are always willing to hear what I have to say or watch what I'm doing. I can't remember, and this includes my Sports Center time. I cannot remember a weekend of NFL football like the one we just witnessed. I cannot Unreal. believe it. And I'm sitting here thinking, what do I pick and choose from it? Well, everything. <laughs> um, and the things that I just saw that not only are um, outliers or like a comet in the sky that you see only once a century. I mean, such rarities, but they do have a significant effect on whether your team or teams um, that you root for um, fantasy and regular make the playoffs or not, or are positioned to win a playoff game. And I, I mean, here's how I'm viewing this entire weekend. Craziest weekend I've ever seen in the history of the National Football League. And last year's wild card weekend was pretty wild. But here we go. These are the events that I saw over the weekend. And you tell me if this isn't the craziest in total NFL weekend you've ever witnessed. Starting with the Sunday night football game between the Washington 
Commanders and the New York Giants, both of them coming in with the same record because they tied two weeks ago. And the Washington Commanders are the team that's only lost once in their last eight games. And the Giants are dropping like a stone, having just been curb stomped by the Philadelphia Eagles. And Kayvon Thibodeau shows up in FedEx Field with a package, Dude. with a delivery. And yes, an A-plus-plus game-wrecking ability is what he showed up with last night to give the Giants a lead that it looked like they were about to lose. In the final throws of this game, Taylor Heineke goes up top to Jahan Dotson, and all of a sudden he flips a field and gives the commanders a shot to win it, and Brian Robinson scores the touchdown to give him a shot at a two-point conversion to tie it, except there's a flag on the field because Terry McLaurin is called for not being on the line of scrimmage in an illegal formation, after he says he checked with the official and it sure looks like he looks at the official to see am I on the line of scrimmage and gets the green light from the official who then throws the flag on him. Wipes out that penalty to only set the stage for a pass interference call that should have been called and wasn't because Chris Samuel tried to play superhero. <laughs> the only problem is he was wearing Darnay Holmes as a cape. <laughs> I mean, This is what we call pass interference, and it was not called, and it should have given them another shot with Brian Robinson from the one. Instead, it's the Giants who win it. And they're now 8-5-1, and and the Commanders are 7-6-1. and That is a huge development. We also saw on Sunday prior to this, the Texans forced the Chiefs to overtime and lose the coin toss and get Mahomes off the field And in their first snap, fumble the ball to the Chiefs, who then one snap after that get a walk-off (laughs) 26-yard scamper from Jarek McKinnon. And that's how the Chiefs win the West. They punch their ticket to the playoffs and start printing home playoff tickets just when you thought the Texans could finally do it after, after almost doing it to the Cowboys. The Chiefs say... Thank you. And head off to Kansas City as the AFC West champs. The Chargers had the Titans right where they want them until the Titans tied the game late. And the Chargers, with no timeouts left, sent Justin Herbert out on the field. And Justin Herbert throws a seed with no timeouts left for 35 yards to Mike Williams, who grabs it in traffic and sends out eventually Dicker the kicker to win another one for the Chargers as Justin Herbert takes the Chargers to the sixth seed and becomes the first player with 4,000 yards passing in his first three seasons as a professional ever. Ever? Ever. Wow. Meanwhile, earlier in the day, the New York Jets starting Zach Wilson because Mike White's got 15 million broken ribs because the <laughs> Jets fans can't have anything nice to play with. They're up despite Zach Wilson making the tough throws and still can't make the layups. They're up by three on the Detroit Lions. I like that analogy. And Jared Goff on fourth and inches from right around midfield, a minute 49 to go. What does he do? They throw it. Why not? Because Brock Wright, who sounds like he's straight out of boogie nights, for 51 yards untouched for most of the way. Where's the Jets' defense? Nowhere near Brock Wright. And the Detroit Lions, 
With that grab, Jared Goff throws just his, wait for it, second touchdown pass outdoors <laughs> all year. And the Lions have won six and seven, and they're at 500 in the month of December for the first time in five years. But just when you think that's the crazy part, the Jacksonville Jaguars say, wait a minute, we're not only beyond relevant, we're just as hot as the Lions, and we may be the team in the AFC, like the Lions in the NFC, are the team you don't want to face right now. Because they came back on the Dallas Cowboys. They follow up their pounding of the Titans by falling down 27-10 to 10 to the Cowboys at home and saying, not today, anyway. As they score back-to-back touchdowns, Zay Jones has three touchdown passes, and Trevor Lawrence is playing like a top-five quarterback in the last month and a half of this season. Ever since he threw that interception in London. Turned it around. 15 touchdowns, one interception in his last month of football. And the Jacksonville Jaguars come back from 17 down and win in overtime on a pick six. 52 yards, Rayshon Jenkins takes the ball off of Noah Brown, who had it hit him right in the chest as he's going down. Touchdown, Jaguars, and with that result, and the one here in Los Angeles with the Chargers beating the Titans, the Jaguars are just one back of the Titans with three weeks to go, and they play Tennessee. They have a shot at winning the AFC South big time. But comebacks, that's part of the weekend. You know what? (laughs) Because it started Saturday, didn't it? Saturday (laughs) night game. Bills down eight to the Miami Dolphins, who, by the way, showed up with a run game and were physical, and they showed up in the cold, and they ran it down the Bills' throat and still got touchdowns from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and they were up eight until, you know, Josh Allen does Josh Allen things, and the lake effect snow comes in in western New York, and suddenly we got a classic snow game that the Bills not only come back to tie but win on a field goal thanks to the space being cleared for Tyler Bass by an offensive line using their hands as shovels. (laughs) Holy cow! That was unbelievable. Bills win. They punch their ticket to the playoffs. They now have a three-game lead over the Miami Dolphins. They're going to win the AFC East, and they're sitting there as a one seed. With that win, every win they have keeps themselves right there in the one seed. You want to talk comebacks? (laughs) How the hell did the Minnesota Vikings pull this off on the Indianapolis Colts? I will never know. A 33-point comeback. Down 33-0. Down 36-7 with three minutes to go in the third quarter. And Hold on a second. If I had told you that there would be a comeback coming, you'd say, get out of here. If I told you, not only would there be comeback coming, but in the second half, in the second half, the Minnesota Vikings, in coming back, would punt twice, throw an interception, and turn it over on downs and still come back. (laughs) Makes it even crazier. But that's what happened. And the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this before, because... 
the Indianapolis Colts went up 33-0 after losing their previous game, giving up the last 33 unanswered. We'll never see that again. And according to sports radar data, since 1930, only two teams have been down by 30 or more and came back to win. The two teams are the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, the Houston Oilers in 1993 in the divisional playoff series. Down 35-3, to they came back and won it. And this Minnesota Vikings team. Wow. Quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins. And we all know who the quarterback of that Buffalo Bills team down 32 to set that record was. Frank Reich, meaning the Indianapolis Colts took Frank Reich's job and then his record. Facts. <laughs> Facts. I didn't stutter. Facts. Pretty good. And the Vikings, they were going to be the three seed if they didn't have that comeback. They were going to watch the Niners leapfrog them. Yep. But they're still the two seed. I don't know how the hell they did that. The comeback bug was biting so bad, it bit Tom Brady. Tom Brady, entering yesterday, had been 89-0 and in games in which he led by 17 points and led this game 17-0. And the Bengals, who couldn't move the ball a lick, got three at the end of the first half, and that was the end of that. In the second half... Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers turned it over on downs, followed by an interception, two fumbles, one by Brady, an interception, a punt, and a cosmetic touchdown. And they lost 34-23 to as Joe Burrow and the Bengals did it again. Winning again. A big game on the road, certainly when they had their hands full with the Bucs showing up in the first half like they showed up in Munich, playing all three phases well. And by the way, one of those blown moments was Giovanni Bernard not knowing the fake punt was coming to him direct snap. I don't know what the hell's going on in Tampa, but Tom Brady follows up his first career loss to a rookie quarterback in a game. He throws an interception after which a linebacker from the opposition asks him to autograph it. With the first loss of his career in 90 games in which he led by 17 points. And just when you think the NFL world is off its axis, a Bill Belichick team now owns the most situationally boneheaded play in the history of the NFL. Because just when you thought the Vikings coming back from 33 down was the one thing that you've never seen before in the NFL this weekend the Patriots decided to grab everybody's beer and hold it for them. The Raiders have, as you know, made an art form out of blowing double-digit leads this year, and it looked like they were set to do it again yesterday. A pick six, Ramondre Stevenson can't be stopped. They're up by seven. Keelan Cole scores a touchdown that is highly controversial. It sure looked like his foot was out of bounds. But after further review, play stands is called... Be that as it may, tie game, we're going overtime. Unless Mac Jones can work some magic. I do not know what the hell that was. It's so crazy, I don't think there's a nickname for it. Every play that we all know, the Miami Miracle, that happened to New England. What do you call this one? 
Uh, Hail Moron. Hail Moron is excellent. The only problem is Jacoby Myers has been, as you know, as a Patriot fan, the Patriot way, situationally brilliant, the guy you want on the field to put the team in position to win football games in the manner in which Belichick wants to win it. He's great. He has been nothing but the guy who slides out of bounds to make sure the clock keeps ticking and the guy who gets on the loose ball that everybody else stares at thinking it's an incomplete pass, but he knows it's a fumble. The last guy you would expect to take a lateral that you would least expect coming because the game is tied. (laughs) Right. You don't need a Stanford band on the field. You don't need the pitchy, pitchy woo-woo that Scott Van Pelt calls it. You don't need it. The minute the play is dead, it's over. When it's dead, it's dead. Walk out of bounds, man. You're right there. And he's throwing it back to Mac Jones for what purpose? For him to maybe run it in from there because you can't throw it again once the ball passes the line of scrimmage. That's it. Like, was Mac Jones going to turn into Tyreek Hill and then go 70 yards down the left sideline? But of all people, one of the greatest sack artists of all time is there to grab it. Chandler Jones, nice grab. And then a stiff arm (laughs) that not only stole Mac Jones's soul, but any of his future children's soul. And I don't, good for him. And he said that, you know, it's my bad. I should have tackled him. Are you kidding me? What are you expecting? The ball's coming your way. You're not expecting it to be picked off in front of you. And then the stiff arm of all the last people. You want to, I guess maybe what him and Max Crosby, the last guys you want to try to have stiff arm you. And when you're not expecting a stiff arm or having to stop somebody, I don't know what the hell that was. But that was the hell going on weekend of all time. And I didn't hit on everything either. You got most of it. Daniel Jeremiah is in studio to talk about all of this and also give you a prospect stock report because for some teams, season's over. Season's over. College football's coming, as we know. The most wonderful time of the year. Max Duggan just said he's going pro. Okay. So lots to talk about with you as well. 844-204-RICH, number to die. I'd love for you to share with me any of your thoughts wherever you were, any sort of bar or friends sitting around. Let's let's tell stories. Because that was one of the wildest weekends of football I've ever seen, and you can include football in there as well with the way the World Cup ended. Holy crap. Amazing. Thank goodness we have a show to talk about it. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. DJ is coming up next, and he was in the radio booth watching the Chargers do what they did to the Titans. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union. When you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. You can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them. And using the Navy Federal Mobile app makes redeeming easier than ever. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. There's no limitations on reward on your rewards, and they never expire while your account is open. And rates are variable and range between 12.65 and 18% APR based on credit worthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to a dollar at now Navy Federal ATMs. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Learn how you can get cheer to last all year with the cash rewards card at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission insured by NCUA. Joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show in person is my compadre. I'm going to be spending a ton of time with when the talent evaluation portion of the calendar opens up my friend from the combine and the nfl draft and of course nfl network and the radio voice um along with matt money smith for the los angeles Chargers, daniel jeremiah how you doing dj good to see you bud so you know i when you came out i, th- I said look my job shows like this one is to drill into maybe one game maybe two games to start the show but the story is really the weekend and the totality of it that was wild i've never seen anything like it and it started with thursday you're part of that triple header great job on that by right. the way but the you know, the Minnesota game, that kind of starts. That's the craziest thing we're going to see. It's one of the craziest things we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Right. And now it's like the fifth or sixth topic when you think about what happened yesterday. Well, I guess, what did you, what in the world was happening at the end of that Vegas Raiders-Patriots game? So here's here's a true story. So we're, I'm calling with Matt yeah. a pretty wild Charger-Titans game. The Titans have come down to score. There's 44 seconds left. The Chargers then with Herbert going to try and go down the field and score. Our engineer is in the row behind us, named Richard. He's a wonderful guy. He's a great engineer. Mm-hmm. Well, unbeknownst to us, he's he's watching the Raider Patriot game on his laptop behind while, us while engineering an while actual also, game. Also engineering our game. Del Tufo could never pull that off. Wow! Uh, nice. Wow! Now, now you insulted him. So we're calling the game. All of a sudden, we hear him behind us losing his mind. 
and and so matt turns around matt thinks we're off the air like what like something yeah, has yeah. crazy has happened and he's trying to show us his laptop and matt and matt's just like what is going on <laughs> so finally we get to the commercial and he comes and goes i'm sorry i apologize about that but, but that uh, was the craziest play it I've is ever seen. By the way, he's not wrong he's, he's not, not wrong. wrong oh it was wild man and of all teams, of all teams. the most buttoned up team the most buttoned up coach and the most boneheaded decision in the history, history of the nfl ever awful because What's he thinking Mac Jones is going to do with it around midfield? Run it from there? I don't know. The one thing I will say in uh, in Jacoby Myers' defense, when you watch the replays, Chandler Jones is in the middle of the logo, and he does kind of blend into the logo yes, a little dude. bit there. Well, I mean, so all the, black. That was it. But that was the whole theme, I guess, of the last two minutes. It's like where where does the 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 logo end <laughs> and the end line appear? Like with Keelan Coles, yeah. the tip of his white shoe matched the white stripe, and then there's white paint all over the end zone because the lettering <laughs> of the Raiders is white, and the rest of it is black. So it. You really didn't know when shoes began and paint began and ended, and it was just wild. I, and that's so huge, too, certainly yeah. for the Chargers. Oh, because my gosh. They're, they're Everything the broke their neck way. And neck. Everything broke their way over the over the week. I mean, everybody, Miami lost, the Jets lost. Uh, you look at the Patriots losing. Everything kind of cleared the runway in front of them. So um, it was one of the weird moments where, you know, doing work with the Chargers where you get the breaks. Um, it was uh, very unique. So. I mean, I know you watch tape for a living, yeah. but to watch Herbert live for a living, what in the world is that like to watch him go he's about a, his business? He's an alien, like legitimately <laughs> an alien. And there's there's throws where you now you've kind of conditioned yourself to expect it a mm-hmm. little bit where you you're watching it live on the field, you're watching it happen, you're going, "Okay, there's nothing there. He he probably shouldn't attempt this." And then over time you're like, "No, no go go for that. Go for that." I mean, the the window's this big, but somehow he's going to find a way to make it happen. And you know, I think people, he was getting some criticism, like in kind of the middle portion of the season. And I'm like, he's got, he, both of his tackles were out a bunch. Obviously, Rashawn Slater's still gone. Corey Lindsley's missed a bunch of time. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen hadn't played together basically the whole year. He hadn't right. had those guys out there. And now all of a sudden, they start to get a little healthier, and Herbert's making all these unbelievable throws, and it's like Herbert's turned it around. I'm like, no, Herbert kept him afloat despite missing all of these guys. And yesterday, another example, no Derwin James, still no Joey Bosa, and... He guides them to victory. Well, I hate to say it, but you look at the rest of their schedule and the games are winnable. I and I know you don't usually say that about a Chargers team that normally just finds the trap door. One game. They're always one game short. Uh, you know, and, and as if the football gods don't, you know, want to, they, they don't want to spare us or they of being on national television. The Colts. They play the Colts on yeah. Monday Night Football next. So we're going to get to see another maybe I, we've seen a meltdown on a Sunday and now a Saturday, maybe on a Monday. Uh, I, I don't know the days of the week for Saturday. And then they're home for the Rams and at Denver. I mean, how, how real can this team be? Cause you know, you just mentioned they're, they're banged up, but going into the season on paper, everyone's like, that is a potential Super Bowl winning team. If Herbert can do what we expect him to do. Well, he's now currently doing what we expect him to do. Uh, I'll, I'll just ask sort of the third rail question here is what do they, do they coordinate for him well enough, DJ? I mean, like sometimes it's just like where like, coordinate the chunk plays for him. Like, yeah. let's go. What well, do I you think, think I think what they've seen is now Mike Williams has come back and yes. the, and the chunk plays miraculously came back with him. Okay, and I think getting Trey Pipkins back at right tackle, they can hold up a little bit longer to be able to take some of those vertical shots. But I felt, and we, we've felt this way the whole year. This is a team if they could get healthy and just get into the tournament. 
I mean, who's going to want to play him? You know, when you get, if you get Joey Bosa back and now Khalil Mack and Bosa and Derwin James is back, it's kind of what we talked about uh, all over the offseason. We haven't got a chance to see that all together. Um, and this is a team that's played Kansas City all the way down to the wire while missing a lot of these guys. So I think they're dangerous if they can get in. The crazy thing to me, Rich, and this is how nuts yesterday was, yes. is that the Chargers entered the day outside the playoff picture. Now it's a very conceivable, and if you look at the schedules, maybe likely that they're the five seed when it's all said and done going to play the AFC South champs who might be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Daniel Jeremiah here <laughs> yes. on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah. Let's talk about the Jags. Are we, are we seeing Trevor Lawrence oh, the way man. that we expected him to? Is that, are we finally seeing that? We're seeing you know an incredibly talented player get put in a functional environment. <laughs> it is. You know you're talking my language when you say I that. Know. Right? I've, I've so I know. I've seen some of those. A lot of views on those, uh, on those videos. Well, I mean, I'm way. only speaking the truth it's about true. Urban Meyer, no, I and, feel. But. No, and I, and, and I always feel like when that subject comes up, I need to, you know, tell everybody, look, I, I thought he would be a good NFL coach. He had so much success in college. It was a train wreck. And now you're seeing Doug Peterson is so good with developing quarterbacks and putting them in a comfortable environment. And when you have talent and you add to the, just being comfortable – He's got like 14 touchdowns in one pick in his last you know handful of games. He's playing at an elite level, like a, a crazy high level. He sure is. So, um, and Tennessee is on a. I mean, this I, well, Tennessee's I mean, on a nosedive. You saw them yesterday. Then Tennessee's got a tough schedule still remaining. They were missing like six or seven defensive starters yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been crushed. So, on the flip side of that, how concerned about uh, the Dallas Cowboys are you? Because defensively, well, you mean yeah. they have they have. Um, last couple of weeks, they got carved up, quite frankly, by the, the two-headed monster that almost got Kansas City yesterday, oh. Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. Um, and Jacksonville just put 33 on them in second half and overtime. Yeah, big chunk plays down the field. Um, the pass rush kind of disappeared a little bit, which I was surprised. Dak turned the ball over a little bit. Too, you know, he mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, playing perfect ball either. Well, the pick six, I don't know if it's on. That's not. No, on no, him. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking. I think we have like maybe second and long mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the game, and he has kind of just a, he's forced out of the pocket, just kind of chucks one up. Um, but I don't know, man. You look at the NFC; it just feels like we are on a Philadelphia and San Francisco collision course, um, and that's going to decide it. Yeah, that's so. Purdy for you. I mean, did you look at your? Oh, yeah. Your analysis of Brock Purdy, yeah, because he was at the combine. I think he was a was yeah. he one of the throwing quarterbacks? He was that, definitely he was that definitely there. Work out for the scouts with the rest of the the quarterback group. So I don't know, but I keep all of my man. notes in an Excel spreadsheet. Yes. Okay, and so then I have it sorted every which way you can sort it, and then I can sort it by position by grade. So when you have a player like this who's a little bit off the radar, who's having success. It's always that moment of truth for me when I go back, okay, let's pull up 2022 sequence lists, and I go quarterbacks, and I go scrolling, scrolling, oh, crap, lower, <laughs> lower, 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 oh, man, I didn't, oh, man, let's keep going, going, and then there's Brock Purdy, and then I, you know, I look at my notes on him, you know, he's, he's tough, he's, he's competitive, he's accurate, those are the things that you like about him. I thought the, the skill set, the tools were very average, didn't have a big arm, he's mm-hmm. not a huge athlete, not a big guy, he's under 6'1". Um, I think it was like 19 touchdowns, eight picks. Like the, even statistically, it didn't blow you away. But he started over 40 games. He was tough and he was accurate. And when you look at what Shanahan's asking him to do, I mean, the shot chart, Rich, the other day, his first, you think he started out 11 for 11 or 11 for 12? Mm-hmm. The ball never went more than 15 yards down the field. It's just identify where the guy is, just get the ball out to him, make it really, really easy. And he's, and he's done that and he's playing at a high level. And the defense is so good. And they've got so many weapons, and they can run the ball, and the offensive line is good. I mean, 
What can Jimmy Garoppolo do that got to a Super Bowl and almost won a Super Bowl that Brock Purdy can't do? And you want to answer that question? I don't think there is anything that he can't do that Jimmy does. So that's why they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You've... Because that's the text I get from that's all it. my Niner friends is, can, can they really But I think I, th- I do think, though, that there's people that go too far and think that Brock Purdy is leading the 49ers. We talk about, on our podcast, we talk about trucks and trailers. There's the truck quarterbacks, the yes. Mahomes, the Josh Allens. Those are pulling the team. Then there's the trailer quarterbacks where they've got everything in front of them. They've got the roster, and they can go along for the ride. Purdy's along for the ride. Let's not get twisted. He's leading this team. But he's good enough. Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks podcast is what you're referring to here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. I'm just going to walk in the front door. And I know that you're, you know, you have a relationship with the general manager there. No, uh, seriously, (laughs) like, is Zach Wilson not the guy? Because, I mean, he had his reset. Yeah. And he made some eye poppers yesterday. Okay. There, he actually connected with Elijah Moore. I mean, that that actually happened. He made some eye poppers. (laughs) But the the layups, man, he just he just doesn't make them, yeah. and they kill they kill you coming away on second and ten with nothing when you know um, Berrios is wide open to his right deep in his own end zone uh, deep in his own end. I mean, those are the things that kill him, and he looks like he's going to get one more shot here. National television Thursday night football against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Is he the guy? Is Zach Wilson the guy? I don't know that it's a great fit right now with what they're trying to do. Um, I think he is a, if you're going to use a baseball reference, I think he's a, he's a home run hitter who's going to have a low batting average. And there's certain baseball teams that play with those types of players and have success, and there's other teams that want you to put the ball in play. This is an offense that's a rhythm, timing-based offense. Well, then why draft that, him? That, why, that, honestly, that, well, like what? I, that, that, that's, you know, that's an interesting question of just in terms of are you going to – and sometimes you might think you have one thing, and then when you get him in your building, Rich, and you realize, okay, maybe he's not his strength isn't in this area, it's in that area. Well, then you've got to shift and change and mold around him as opposed to asking him to shift and change and mold around you. Right. But this is a team that I think he's got a chance. I still do. I think he has a chance to, to be a successful player, provided he has a good run game. It's play action. It's shots. You're not going to have a 70% completion percentage, but you're going to have chunk plays. His last two starts, Rich, I think they've had 50 rushing yards and 56 rushing yards. They can't run the ball at all. They continue to run the ball on first down and get nothing. So you're putting him in long yard situations where the windows get a little tighter. Everybody knows you're throwing the football and he's not a he's not an efficiently accurate quarterback. So that's it hasn't it hasn't been great. That being said, they still have a timeout left in case you didn't know from yesterday. I, I know that. I know that 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 they got wound up with all timeouts left after the Lions hit him with that 51-yarder. Yeah. They had all their timeouts left and wound up with a 58-yard field goal as their final last Even gasp. Even if you have an I mean there was at least at least 20 seconds that they should have had more and where you are 20 seconds that's a 10-yard completion that all of a sudden turns into a 48-yard field goal and maybe we're having a little bit more nuanced discussion of okay, he missed some layups, the little swing pass, the one to Barrios. But man, he made four or five huge throws. He drove them down the field. They tie the game. This wasn't meant to be. You need to get Quinn and Williams back, by the way, well, too. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about injuries. Elijah Vera Tucker. And name me a bigger injury oh on the gosh. year than Brees Hall. Yeah. Name me, seriously, name me another injury in the NFL. The only one that you can maybe put where it changed the, the dynamic yeah. is uh, uh, Tampa's center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Honestly, Jensen, the, the yeah. Jensen goes down uh, right, right at the outset. Name me another. They were winning games. Jets don't get swept by New England if Bryce no. if Brees Hall is there. 
I'm, don't get me started, man. No, I mean, another I'm thing. Start circling. So that, but that's why we're talking about. They didn't have a. a they, didn't, they haven't had a run game, and he needs a run game to help him. And when Brees Hall was there, even though it wasn't the sexiest offense, they, Brees was running down people's throats, and Zach was able to do enough, and they were winning all those all those games. Now they they don't have a running game. But if you're redrafting right now, Justin Fields is too, right? I mean, there's no the question. The way he's played, no question. Well, I mean, no question. But, but kudos to the Bears to, yeah. to change. I mean, we just talked about, you're like, I don't know if Zach's really a fit with what the Jets want to do. Yeah. Well, you draft Zach, and the team that drafts him, there's a coaching staff where they hire somebody mm-hmm. thinking, let's turn him into that. Or uh, honestly, the Bears, to their credit, oh, yeah. what, around, around the, the first month of the season, they, they said, screw it. Let's go the whole Harbaugh, Ravens, Lamar route. I'll run the heck out of it. He's been amazing. Yeah. And you heard, do you hear Darius, or oh, pardon me, Slay? Our friend Slay big, had big to say play Slay. What do you say? He said after the game that, that Justin Justin Fields reminds him of Hurts mm-hmm. in, in terms of the, the leg strength, in terms of the running game, in terms of everything. Bears get some playmakers around him. Look they out. Need, yeah, I got a text from a coach on their defensive staff during the week as they were preparing, and he texted me and said, I had no idea Justin Fields was that fast. Like, yeah. On an NFL field, he looks fast. Yeah, but I do think that there's a you know Hertz. Even how they're 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 similar players, but Hertz is Hertz is built a little different. Where Hertz has been able to handle that heavy you know workload on the ground, and they've yeah. kind of grown him obviously and involved more as a passer, not having to do quite as much of that. Justin can't he can't long term be carrying the ball 15, 18 times a game. He's not going to hold up. That's the only concern. But Hertz, you don't have that concern with him. No, and Hertz is kind of. I mean, Hertz was that was always that guy. J- Justin was almost a little bit of a reluctant runner. He's in, you know he's incredibly explosive. Right. But he was a little bit reluctant. And now, I mean, Jalen Hurts was at Alabama was running the ball, you know, 20 times a well, game. Well, maybe they're doing that now because that's what the Bears can do. do yeah. you, know, you know. Oh, they have to do what they have to right. do to move the ball and score points. And he's the, he's the player. He's been amazing. That, that's the guy. He's been absolutely yeah. amazing. He's seventh in the league in rushing. He's unreal. Yeah. He won over 1,000 yards rushing. <laughs> and he does. It is it is hard. How many times have I can see, like, Reggie Bush would be the great example for me. Yeah. When you watch Reggie Bush on a college field. Yeah. He looked like he was ten times faster than everybody out there. He got an NFL field. He still was fast, but it was it wasn't like it didn't just jump off the screen with him on NFL field speed. Justin Fields looks like he's faster than everybody else on the field. He's a quarterback. So you said it. It looks like Daniel Jeremiah. A couple minutes left, and then we'll take a break um, and then talk uh, about um, what's going on at the collegiate level with you before sending you on the rest of your Monday. The uh, you mentioned looks like collision course between San Francisco and Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Philadelphia wins that game. Do you think? I think it's really evenly matched. I think I you know, I give Hertz obviously the edge at the quarterback position with where he is right now compared to where Purdy is. But uh, line of scrimmage, they're both loaded. Um, they have playmakers. I mean, they're they're kind of mirrors of one another uh, in terms of how they're built. I think being in Philadelphia would be a would be a big help. And you know, with all due respect to the Chargers mm-hmm. and you know the Dolphins have lost three in a row, but they're still in that spot in the eighth yeah. spot and whatever might happen at the bottom of the wild card. It sure looks like it's a three-team Buffalo, race. Kansas City, well, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I mean, yeah. Cincinnati, yeah. right? And that one seed will be so huge, uh, clearly, and the Bills are in that spot. How do you see the AFC playing out from here? I mean, it to me, it just feels like where I can say, I can pin it down to those two teams in the NFC, I feel like the AFC is wide open. It is, isn't it? I, I, I do, and it's because you've got these superstar quarterbacks. I mean, that's what's so fun about it. You look at all the different matchups, and they can go a million different ways, but there's just so many great quarterbacks in the AFC. And I think when you have a great quarterback going on the road, I mean, do you think that Joe Burrow is going to be scared? No. He's not going to care where he goes to play. No. So, And I think it's the same way if Herbert were to get in, and I think this Dolphins team, they lost that game against Buffalo. 
I can't be pretty impressed oh, with they how did. they played, no man. No question. And if Lamar comes back healthy, the, the Ravens are yeah. They're totally not. They're never, they don't have the, fear. Is not a word that they acknowledge. Right. So they won't. They don't care where they play. Right. And the Jaguars get in with like that that house money, house money. That whole like they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And Doug Peterson knows that, and oh, he's yeah. loving it. I mean, I saw them come out here and beat the tar out of the Chargers, and they were physical. Um, and they're just figuring that it out. Before they, that was before they started really taking off. Yeah. They're gonna host a playoff game, guys. I know. Wow. I mean, that's the way it looks. It really does look that way. It was a wild, wild day, what a man. Day. Wild. All right, let's take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, get in while the getting's good because we got one more second with Daniel Jeremiah. I want to know about the kids that are playing in these uh, college football playoff games and then uh, who you're hearing is number one overall. That's coming up. Daniel Jeremiah right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, here on the Roku Channel and more, it is time for Prospect Stock Watch, presented by TIAA, Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague who's going to be sitting next to me and I next to you in the Combine in short order. And then, of course, uh, we've got uh, so many prospects to talk about, uh, to see about what they're going to do um, once they're done with, say, the college football playoffs. So, let's get to that. Yep. Which... Uh, prospects are uh, on a launching pad to potentially get their stock watch up. Well, I think think the one who has the most at stake in the playoffs is Stroud. You know, I think C.J. Stroud to get a chance to play against a big-time, talented front Mm -hmm. to get under pressure because that has been the one knock on him, and you've seen it with with Michigan, what they've been able to do to him and be able to get in his face, rattle him. Everybody knows who he's throwing to. He's got big-time weapons. He's got two NFL tackles in front of him. But when the pressure's come and got bodies around him, which you don't see often, but that's when he struggled. He's going to have an opportunity to kind of dispel that uh, notion a little bit in the playoffs, and I think he could really help himself. Well, who does Georgia have that uh, that oh scouts gosh. are going nuts over right now? So they've got, and this is always fun because this is a year ago, and we had how many Georgia defenders go in the first round? I mean, there's a zillion of them. It was one of the greatest defenses of all time. But when you're watching that defense, there was a number 88 as a defensive tackle that you're watching going, holy crud, this guy might be 
better than all these guys, including Trayvon Walker, who was the first overall pick. Yes. That's Jalen Carter. Uh, and he's back, and he is a dominant force as a three technique. And I think in talking to teams around the league, when you're thinking about him, and then there's Will Anderson from Alabama, kind of vying to be the top defensive player in this draft. And there's, you know, there's some wisdom behind the thought of, I think an interior disruptor is is even more valuable than an edge rusher right now. You think about Aaron Donald and the way he can take over football games. I saw it with Jeffrey Simmons yesterday. Those dominant interior guys, you see it with Quinnen Williams. Yes. That's just a major, major difference. And then Jalen Carter, can he can give you that. And Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh. <laughs> you got to wait a year. I know that, right? I mean... Um, He's the best one in the country. Our friend Joel Klatt says five years from now, he might be the best receiver in the league, is yeah. what he said. Yeah, we've we've seen um, I don't always say golden era of wide receivers, but these last three or four years with the number of you know the Justin, I mean LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, I think have supplied the league pretty well uh, at the wide receiver position. We've got some unbelievable young talent, but this kid, the combination of the size, the athleticism, and then you know having Marvin Harrison as a, as a as a dad probably helps a little bit with some of the instincts and the nuance of playing the position, right? He's special. Uh, what about TCU in Michigan? Who who has a chance T- to get some stock watch? Well, out there? TCU is a receiver in Quentin Johnson, who's he's going to be in the mix to be the first receiver taken. Um, he is big. He's long. He can really go play above the rim. You know, fifty fifty balls. They'll give him opportunities to do that, and then he's got juice after the catch. So he's got a chance to really help himself there. Michigan is interesting because I don't think that they have that premier player. You know, that like we saw last year when we were watching those two edge rushers and going, okay, Hutchinson could be the first pick in the draft. Ojabo is a first round pick. But, you know, Maisie Smith, what he does inside is so dominant and so mm-hmm. physical. Um, their, their offensive line doesn't have stars rich, but they got a bunch of guys that are going to end up being starters in, in the NFL. And then the back, what's the latest on the back, by the way? What's the like health situation? You're yes. about? Yeah, he's he's done for the year. Totally done. That's a bummer, man, because I watched him, him early in the season. He's I don't a know. Good with, Michigan, player. with Michigan, though, sometimes, you know, uh, the player's out, and then all of a sudden you're hearing it could be back or – you thought they're healthy, and all yeah. of a sudden, wait a minute, he's not dressed today? Like, I mean, they, yeah. they don't really talk very much about yeah. it, but... God, that's a bummer. He's a great player, but the... Uh, I mean, and they got a good tight end, too. So, Michigan Michigan is... I, I think they're one of the teams where there's not... There's just no glaring weakness. And the quarterback runs around and makes plays. He's really good. He's fun, he? man. Does, so, he, does, does he have any stock that you're looking at right now? Well, Jay I mean, I think, I think, you know, he's a year away. He's going to be, you know, just the, the ability to extend plays and create yes. plays. Yes. It's a good place to start. Okay, and what about Max Duggan, who just spent today saying he's, uh, he's, coming, he's, out. he's coming out? What's his stock watch look yeah, like? Yeah, I mean, guys like Brock Purdy having success are going to help him because I don't think he's the toolsiest guy in the world, but he's so, he's so competitive and so tough. Um, everybody says, oh, it's a winner. That's a cliche. This guy is, man. He just finds ways to make plays and make things happen. His final drive uh, in regulation against Kansas oh, yeah. State was all really guts. unbelievable. I mean, he spilled it all out there. Yeah, it really was. And then just watching him at the podium afterwards, I'm sure scouts are looking at. Oh saying, yeah, it means a lot to him. You can I tell bet, that. I bet Daniel Jeremiah here in the prospect stock watch presented by TIAA right here on the Rich Eisen show. You look at the draft order. Who, who are you hearing first overall? Well, I, you know, right I, I don't, to me, Bryce Young, when you look at Alabama as a quarterback, now that he's not the biggest guy, it's going to be all we talk about, you know, probably as we get to the combine, just with the lack of size. And it's not the height, it's just he's kind of a lean frame guy. So you're talking about six foot, going to be under 200 pounds, and that's going to bother, you know, bother people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's for every team. Like we, you know, the Herberts, the Josh Allens, those guys, the Mahomes, you put them anywhere in any system, they're going to be fine. I think he needs to go to a place uh, where you're, where you're going to be protected, or you're going to, I like the fact he could go to Houston and play in a dome 
You're playing home games in a dome. It's warm weather road games for the most part. I think that I, that's an ideal environment for him. Mm-hmm. And he's people ask for comparisons, and I said, yeah, if you left Aaron Rodgers in the dryer too long, you get Bryce Young. <laughs> Are you calling him a shrinky dink? Like, what are you talking about? I'm just like, saying he's just like, like a sh- mini version, like a little yeah. bit of a shrunk down version. But he's a he's he's so accurate. He's got incredible touch. He's got some of the magic to him of being able to create plays, make things happen. How about he's playing in the bowl game? I, I was kind of shocked, you know, with where he is, where his stock is. You know, to not be in the college football playoff, I was surprised he's going to play. How about that? Yeah, Caleb Williams. People are drooling all over oh, him man. too right yeah. now. The Heisman Trophy I know people always get upset when we do this because you guys always talk about the next group of quarterbacks. It's always the next guy. Oh, just wait till next year. But Caleb Williams and then Drake May at North Carolina. Right. Those guys. I mean, you're, you're watching these other kids and you're like, oh, this, this is impressive. Like big time, big time talent. Right. What about defensively? Like what what players are shooting up right well, now? You I mentioned mean, Jalen Carter. Obviously, Will, Will Anderson, Anderson right. is, a, is a stud. I like Keely Ringo. We'll see him in the playoff uh, there at Georgia as a mm-hmm. corner. It's just he's a playmaker, big time, big time playmaker. Right. So um, you know, it's interesting of all the positions that we look at. Always kind of early in the process. Where's the strength of this draft lie? And this year, Rich, it's tight end. Is that random? We could, there's no, like 10 tight ends in this draft. They're loaded. Well, there's a National Tight Ends Day, as we know, and the tight ends are, are making a difference for sure. I mean, I, 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 I was mean, just going through them the other day and just watching them one after another after another, and I'm like, okay, this could be a first-round pick. Oh, this, and, the best, and the best oh. one can't come out yet. Brock Bowers still yes, has another the, year. And he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. Yeah. And his teammate, though, and I'll show you a picture when we finish up, but I had a, a scouting buddy who was at a Georgia game. And like this is uh, kind of maybe weird, but he took a picture of him on the sideline during warmups and just sent it. He's like, "This is one of the freakiest mm-hmm. specimens yeah, wa- you've ever Washington. seen." Like he's six, all of six seven, two hundred sixty pounds. You watch the Oregon game; he's hurtling guys on it's the amazing. sideline. I mean, he's he's incredible. That was Prospect Stock Watch presented by TIAA. On average, women retire with thirty percent less income than men, which is why TIAA is working to help close the retirement income gap for good. To learn more, go to Retire Inequality. Dot com. That's the Prospect Watch presented by TIAA right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hour two coming up. Daniel, you are the man for being oh, here. I greatly appreciate oh, it. We're not, we're, we still have a couple oh, more hey. minutes left. Hey. Hey. My bad. No, no, no. I was just trying to look up this picture so it? I could just get a real-time yeah, reaction let's from you. Let's see it. Let's see it. Uh, this is... Uh, it's not creepy Darnell at all. Washington. It's that they're, they're just sending photographs of oh. Brock Bowers to everybody. No, this, no, is, this, this is Darnell Washington. This is Darnell Washington, yeah. Hold on a minute. That's that's a tight end, Rich. Zoom in on that a little bit. He's 21 years old. He looks like he's 40. Well, the little man with the camera (laughs) behind it. You know what? Here you go. I don't know if we can 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 see it. Oh, he's coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you see that? That looks like the judge standing next to Altuve photograph right there. (laughs) Or the one of uh, uh, Derrick Henry standing next to Mark Ingram. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Well, he is... uh, yeah, he's impressive. I mean, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. You've got uh, the tight end from Oregon State, Musgrave, who's uh, Bill Musgrave's nephew. His his six six two fifty is going to run in the four fours. I mean, that's going to be a great group. All right, I got ninety seconds left here. Who wins the national championship? What do you think? I told you, I think you guys get there. Okay, I think you've got a shot against but I just, who? Georgia. Okay, yeah, but I mean, Georgia. so I'm going to have a great New Year's. Yes, where we're already through. Yeah, it's time to pop the champagne corks to get settle in a new year, and, and Ohio State gets beat by Georgia. Yeah, I think that's oh, going to happen. Boy. Wouldn't that be just a great way to ring twenty twenty three? You'll have your hands full. You'll have your hands full after that. That's going to be a, the next week. Be a little tougher, but okay. I do. You're going to get there, man. Wouldn't that be amazing? Thank you for being here. You're a good friend. You're a good man, Daniel Jeremiah. Everyone. 
Check him out at Move the Sticks, as well as that's the name of his podcast. Hour two coming up.